Are we good? Yeah, that as, that can't be as the good answer. as I'll ever be. Hey. Morning. Welcome to Don't Feed the Artist. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. Damn. I'm, <laughs> I'm Jackson. Are you, and... you waiting for one day when that's going to work? Yeah. And one day someone's going to just come up right behind you with an adrenaline shot, and you're either going to have a heart attack and explode, or you're going to, you know, jump up an octave or something. I don't know. I think you're hiding behind that beard, my friend. At this point of uh, stay at home, yeah. I'd pay really good money to hear Adam jump up an octave. Me too. <laughs> Man, that should be your wedding present to Hagen and or Dave. Adam. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be recorded. Just, like, get them in a room and, like, do a dance or something. Do your best Mickey Mouse Just impression. do a dance? <laughs> this is getting weird, guys. <laughs> I didn't know this is what we were talking about. Yep. We, yep. This we is the whole you. plan. Uh, how do you guys think this podcast is going to go down? Like, you, you think that just like one day we're going to be like, ah, I'm done doing the podcast, or you think we're going to have like an on air meltdown? How do you think it's going to go down? I would hope for the latter. Yeah. For yeah, us I'm, to just stop? No, for the content, bro. For the, oh, yeah. The on air <laughs> meltdown. I'm down. No, I think that's the only way to go out on a podcast. All right, guys, I'm going to get off this podcast, and I'm going to re- rehab. For, For too much m- kombucha. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> All right, we have an actual, we have a real reason we're here. We're not talking news. We have, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to call this a deep dive, and I also hesitate to call it a review, but we're talking about the musical Hamilton, because we decided to be topical. I don't know if we're ever topical, but I think this is one of the few. It's pretty close. We, yeah, it's close. It just came out. Yeah, I know we're, uh, you know, a week or so off, but hey, fuck off. We, we do things on our own terms. I don't yep. know why I'm getting... Instantly aggressive. That was really I'm hostile. Sorry. You're yeah. being really defensive about so the fact that angry. we might have jobs or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the mature thing to say, Adam. There, there's probably. I hope there's someone listening. It's like if one more person tells me to fuck off today. <laughs> it's like, all right, where does Jackson live? Uh nine one one Boner Street. I'm going to find him. Fuck. <laughs> so Hamilton is. If you don't know it, I know you know it. But Hamilton is also known as Hamilton, an American musical. It was uh, the music, lyrics, and book were written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, who I think everyone knows Lin-Manuel at this point because of Moana. Don't forget, don't forget his uh, his amazing work on oh fuck, what was the, the the lady, the British lady with the umbrella? Oh, the, um, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Yeah, Mary Poppins. Did, they did Mary Poppins Returns. He's in it with Emily Blunt. But he I, was big before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think anyone saw that, did they? Kind of why I brought it up. Yeah, I think the two things. Obviously, he we had other that. theater theater credits and whatnot. But the two things that I think have really kind of exploded him to this pop status have been Hamilton and Moana. Which actually, he signed on to Moana before he. Uh, before Hamilton came out, which is a little tidbit. I have plenty of fun facts for you guys. Just wait. So Hamilton is obviously about the American American founding father, Alexander Hamilton. 
and it, what's really nice about it it's it's a musical and much like a uh Lemis, it is mostly music there is very little spoken word in it i think it has i don't know what the word count is but i would even argue it probably has less than uh Lemis did but it you know i think that's just something that's really important if you're into music musicals or not into musicals and haven't seen this it is all musical so you know whether that's good or bad for you also all musical all the time <laughs> yeah for three easy installments of ten dollar bills with alexander hamilton on them and <laughs> so the music also is unlike other musicals it draws heavily from hip-hop r&b pop and soul and just uh, it also has the traditional style show tunes, but it is very predominantly like a hip-hop R&B uh, musical, which is super cool for me because especially when it comes to this large of a status, it is different. Uh, I am sure there are plenty other hip-hop and R&B musicals that I don't know about, and if you know about them, please let me know because this musical has definitely gotten me interested in that. It's, Another the, thing, other, it's the other one that Lin-Manuel did in The Heights. Yeah, which there's a movie coming out for that, which I'm excited to see. I hope that's going to be good. I, apparently, it's good because that's what got him, you know, being <laughs> in the theater scene. I can't, I can't, uh, I I can't speak appropriately to that because when I saw it, uh, it was not Lin Manuel who was who was starring in it. It was the guy from uh, High School Musical, uh, Corbin Blue. That's his name. No, oh. I don't know why I jumped immediately to Zac Efron. I was like, ah. Zach so did I. So did I. <laughs> I mean, he is the guy from High School Musical, but he's not the guy from High School Musical that would star in In the Heights. No, absolutely not. Uh, other things to note about Hamilton is that it uh, also casts non-white actors as the Founding Fathers and other historical figures, which is really important because, you know, the Founding Fathers were all white men. So that's a really interesting thing that's done here. And it, uh, when you're watching it, it it's really just a cool little thing that really takes a little bit uh, of effort and you know it's super cool Lin-Manuel wanted to do that so that it would modernize the <clears throat> the approach to the story he felt that if he used all white actors it wouldn't it wouldn't connect to the audience in the same way so what there was a description of it that I love that kind of accurately describes the use of hip-hop and non-traditional show tunes and the non-white actors as white uh, historical figures is that this has been, Hamilton has been described as being uh, America then as told by America now, which I think just yeah. accurately sums it up. So <clears throat> Hamilton came out, it uh, debuted in January of 2015. So five years ago now, a little over five years ago, and it came out to, wide critical acclaim it came out to sold out engagements and it just went on it it was it's off broadway was you know sold out and then it moved to its uh, actual broadway um engagement at the richard rogers theater and once again huge you know a strikingly high uh box office sales and then in the 2016 Tony Awards, it had a record-setting 16 nominations, eventually winning 11, including Best Musical. So, you know, the tradition I think traditionally this happens, but the original cast was on for about a year 
and then you know it's now no longer the traditional cast and in case you didn't hear me uh Lin-Manuel Miranda plays uh Alexander Hamilton I don't know if I mentioned that but that's you know I don't know if that's normal for it's not yeah yeah it's I don't know much about musicals and it's definitely not and I think that's interesting in the context of this musical because it really shows that everybody else performing with him is better really (laughs) well yeah I mean his his thing is that he's always I mean he's always been a performer but he's also always been a writer um so I mean but I mean in the heights he starred in in the heights when it when it premiered and he started as as Hamilton uh when this premiered and he he came back and did it in other uh times as well he did it in Puerto Rico for For a charity thing um that was really cool um but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not common to star in your own musical. And he also couldn't decide if he wanted to play Hamilton or if he wanted to play Aaron Burr. That was something that he tried to figure out which one he wanted to do. I think he made the right call. Yeah, I would yeah, that agree. would have been weird to see it flip now. Yeah, yeah. So it has been nothing but a successful musical. I would argue it is one of the biggest musicals of all time, if not the biggest biggest musical at this point, but it has spurred a Chicago production, a West End production. It has had, I think, three tours at this point. It's just, it's nothing but kicking ass. It was originally slated for, there was a film that was done with the original cast over, I believe it was three performances, and the it was done with the original cast, and... It was originally slated for a 2021 release, but then when COVID-19 happened, it inspired yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda to you know, start shopping around for a digital release, and Disney ended up buying it. I have some fun facts later we can talk about, but you know, it's out now. You can see it on Disney+. Plus. There's going to be a physical release and further releases from Disney from it, but it is not eligible for an Oscar because it is on streaming only. Actually, it will be. Uh, they announced they changed the Academy rules a couple weeks ago. Ah, that's good. So anything that premieres on streaming that could have had a theatrical release, which is a really weird like phrase for that, or a rule, um, as long as it was like acquired by a big company, like Disney acquired it in February, intending to put it out next year, and then now they're not, so that counts, and that qualifies it. So it could win Oscars, which would be weird. Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. But I, I don't even know what kind of categories it would be in for that. What like, I, is there a musical category? No, I don't think so. I mean, there's best like song and best music and stuff like that. But a- adapted screenplay? I don't know. Potentially, Maybe. yeah. Yeah, even even though it's this just it, it's just the play. I mean, I have no clue. Oh, okay, but what we're here to talk about is all four of us watched the Hamilton uh, movie that is on Disney Plus. Before we get into that, what what is y'all's history with Hamilton, uh, Hagen? Uh, as people who listen to the podcast know, I am a very big musical fan. So when all the hype started for Hamilton. I obviously couldn't just go see it as uh, we live in Texas, but I listened to the soundtrack and I didn't get it. I did not understand it. Look at Jackson with his little framed playbill from Broadway seeing Hamilton. Uh, yeah, how much does that cost again? Right. I'm, um, I'm going to hide it. 
um so uh yeah i was i was really wanting to see it obviously um it's very difficult uh but so i listened to the soundtrack and i didn't get it i 100 percent did not get it thought it sounded stupid uh but i knew i was missing something because that just doesn't it doesn't do most musicals justice to just listen to the soundtrack um so watching it has been uh, a very a very cool thing to do uh, I, do you want me to talk about how i feel about watching it now or are you able to save that no i want to wait and dave i want you to go last because i have a specific question for you <laughs> adam what do you think or what what's your history with I, and maybe musicals a little bit i'm generally not into musicals because i haven't seen any like in person or anything and i think that's like I think most recordings of musicals, especially ones with a lot of story, don't really work because, as you talked about, most of the story sometimes is not part of the music and thus not part of the recording, so it doesn't really translate as well. Um, and, like, musical musicals is a movie genre I'm not a big fan of historically, although obviously yeah. I like La La Land, for example. But it's not that much of a musical compared to some of these other, you know, famous musicals. Um, oh, yeah. So I hadn't listened to this. I kind of i heard the idea and i was like eh, it could be cool but i don't care enough to bother listening yet i did have an interest in it when i found out they'd recorded uh, those performances and were putting out this release of the original cast performing it because i think that's like the closest i'll ever get to seeing it obviously um especially not having a big interest in paying to go see it you know on broadway or something like that yeah um so i hadn't listened to any of it either uh other than i think I had heard him perform that one song, the very first song at the uh, the White House, um, some event they had like before the musical even came out, or before it was even in the workshops. I think that was some event for uh, it was like a national poetry or something like that, and then they invited him because Lin Manuel because of In the Heights, and instead of performing something from In the Heights, he said, "I have this new thing I'm working on. It's about." alexander hamilton and he did i think it was my shot or no, was he, it he he did the opening number yeah it's oh, okay, the opening yeah. track he did the opening so that was in 2009 he did the opening number and uh that was like so that that he it wasn't done when he performed it then uh and so then he kept working on it and then after that my shot was the next thing he wrote and that took him another full year to write um and then slowly he started to finish the whole thing up but yeah so that's that's the it started in 2009 which is when like the hype for this began which is kind of insane yeah and also kind of crazy because he like announced it and or talked about it at least at that time as an album he was writing not as a musical which is which is where the hamilton mixtape comes from which is like the it was like originally going to be that album and then it and then it became uh, the the, the mixtape turned into what uh, what became a release of other people plus Lin Manuel Miranda doing songs from Hamilton. Hmm. Yeah. So Dave, uh, I want to hear your, you know, if you have any history with Hamilton or musicals, but also, and this is kind of a general question for everyone: Did you know much about Alexander Hamilton going into this? Did you have? Did you know? Because me personally only thing i knew about him going into the musical i knew the hype of the musical but i hadn't um listened to anything but m- the only thing i knew about hamilton was he's on the ten dollar bill and i know i knew i don't know if we want to talk about spoilers or not can we just decide that right now are we just going to talk about let's, it freely 
We should, but let's get let, let's give like a solid line of like here's where spoilers begin. So if that's the line, this then let's announce that now. Okay. So the two things I knew is he was on a ten dollar bill, and I knew how uh, this would end. So that's all I'll say, uh, Dave. I, I I mean I when I was in high school and I was in drama class and we did things that had music in them and you know things nothing ever really was a solid musical and I don't really listen to musicals because the way that they're typically performed doesn't doesn't strike me in a like positive way most of the time I'm just like okay it's like overperformance but it's the same thing as you know just a lot of theater in general compared to watching a movie and I understand it and I respect it so I hadn't heard really any musicals or especially any songs from Hamilton and uh, I didn't know anything about the main character Alexander I didn't I knew nothing about him and yeah. when I first started watching this when it began I was like wait I don't even know what this is about and I was trying to follow the words and I was like I'm not really understanding this yeah so for not knowing anything by the time it was done i was like oh okay it was like i feel like i got the big gist of the story itself and i only had to read like a couple of paragraphs of a of a synopsis to get the rest of it yeah so adam and hagen did y'all know much about hamilton going into this the the actual person yeah uh i mean whatever i remember from school and any kind of like books about that era that I'd read. I mean, not in-depth details about his personal life or anything like that, but the general story, yeah. Yeah, I would say the general story, but I uh, I mean, it was pretty a uh, pretty bare bones um comparison to, you know, what the musical presents. And then once you watch the musical, you go back and see the accuracies and inaccuracies and so on and so forth, but uh yeah, I mean, it's it's really crazy that Lin-Manuel decided to, while he was on vacation, just before he left, buy a fucking biography about Hamilton. It was like, it was between that and what did he say? Oh, it was, it was another president. There was just another biography. He's like, I'm just going to buy one of these. And then that inspired him to write this, which is crazy. Yeah, it's fascinating because, as I said, those were the two things I knew about him. And then after the musical, as everyone does, I went out and kind of learned okay how much of this was accurate how much of this was just a story and i feel comfortable saying you know i know about as much about alexander hamilton as i do about um you know some huge president like abraham lincoln now so right that's pretty cool like that's really cool that this musical has brought that so i i haven't said and i think it's probably obvious by now but i'm a huge fan of this musical i was lucky enough to see it on in on broadway uh, in 2017 so it wasn't the original cast but i believe that was the second cast or eh, I, I don't remember but it, it was great I, I was really lucky to do that i was in new york city with my mom and it was a spur of moment thing and we went to see it and so that's a great memory for me as someone who saw it live when you watched it and you know and thinking about the three of us having not seen it live the comparison right like is it is it much better in person so that that's kind of something I was going to touch on later, but I, so and I also saw it a second time on the 2019 tour in Dallas. So I've seen it twice, and the movie being the third time I've seen it. So, so three with a different, different cast all the time, yeah. Yeah, every single time. I would definitely say that that first one was probably my favorite, and I think a lot of people have said that that second uh, Hamilton was actually the better Hamilton of the original of the New York run. 
So I absolutely loved it. And there are some things like I, in the movie, you can see this a lot, but there's that little on the ground. A, a lot of musical is the stage production. And even though this is, you know, a big production and it has a really nice, well put together stage, it is pretty basic when you're talking about a production. I've seen La Mis, I've seen Phantom of the Opera, and they have these huge, just massive, you know, sprawling sets. They'll have like 12 sets, and that's massive when you're talking about changing a whole stage in the middle of a number. So this one's pretty bare bones when it comes to that, and they use it super well. And I think that was one thing that I couldn't tell as much in the movie, but they had this, you can actually watch videos of how it works, but it's like this kind of like a lazy Susan in the middle of the stage, but it's the actual ground and it's got like three circles that move around and that's how the cast kind of dances around. And I didn't really feel like that came through as well in the movie, which is oh, kind see, of a bummer. I thought that stood out a lot and it seemed really clever how they used it. Um, they, they, they did that really well and the camera angles interacting yeah. with how that was moving around was really well done too. Yeah, I don't yes. have anything to compare it against in terms of like other musicals recorded this way, but I feel like this was like incredibly well done how they filmed it and kind of captured the live aspect of it. Yeah, so I definitely... Well, I have never really watched a musical like this. I've watched a couple. Never is a the wrong way of saying it. I don't like watching musicals this way because I have like a season pass to Dallas Summer Musicals, so I go to them a lot. And what's really nice about that, uh, being actually in the audience, is being able to pick and choose what you're watching. Whereas when you're talking about a movie like this, even though it's so well done, there are just things where it's like, these backup dancers are kicking ass and it like paints this huge picture, but we're right on, you know, the actor who's playing Aaron Burr's face, which can kind of take away from it for me. But, you know, I agree this like it was filmed so well. It's not like those stuffy, you know, PBS ones where you're watching Shakespeare, where it's just a single uh, camera that is just shooting the stage. It doesn't feel that way at all. This is literally just filmed of, uh, you know, the musical. It's not a reenactment or anything like that. I did see that some of the numbers or some of the shots were done without an audience just with a steady cam that way they weren't interfering with the angles yeah so let's go through just kind of what we thought about it i really enjoyed it i think i should go last uh, when i so i can compare the uh cast a little bit <laughs> not everyone at once <laughs> Uh, I'll go first. So I mean, like I said, I didn't I I didn't like the recording the first time I heard it. It did not do the show justice, as most of the time it wouldn't. But it's it's one of those things to me that's it's very odd with this music. So I have taught these songs before, and they are in a lot of cases they sound like pop songs just on their own, and it weirded me weirded me out. Right without the full context of the show, it's like well, this is like not. I don't know. This doesn't sound like a musical to me. It's not drawing me in. The story is like, I don't know. The story is whatever. That's a, that's like the last thing I'll talk about is what I really think about the storyline. In terms of actually watching it, I thought it was uh, uh, wonderful. It was it was definitely, I mean, it's you said it's the best, biggest musical ever. 
I don't know if that's true, but I will say it is 100% the biggest musical of our, de- of our generation. Um, you know, it's, it, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes the biggest musical ever, but as of right now, I don't know if I can agree with that. Uh, but it was it, fucking awesome to watch. It was so cool. The performances were awesome. Lin-Manuel is the worst performer on that stage, except for when he uh, does any rhyming or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I knew we were going to come to this. Jackson. He's drinking. Listen, just poured a glass of wine. Yes. I had that's that amazing. ready. <laughs> Look at that screenshot, Adam. Got that's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. I had this Listen. wine ready because I knew Hagen was going to shit talk my favorite musical. Listen, <sighs> here it comes. I loved it. It was great. I'm not shit talking the musical. I had a great time watching it. I was going to watch it again uh, or listen to it again today, but I didn't. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to watch it again this week because I really enjoyed it. A lot of moments were really great. Uh, Lin-Manuel, I, I think it's, it's really hard. For me, I don't understand how you can see him as an amazing performer. He is an excellent writer. He's not a great singer. He's not a great actor. He is a great writer. I mean, he's, it's, just, it, it's just not his thing. Um, so it kind of like, but, but luckily he wasn't like the, the center of attention the entire time. And even when he was, it wasn't bad. It's not like he's bad at what he's doing. He's just not up to par with everyone else on stage. Um, but yeah, yeah, so man, when you have Jonathan Groff on the same stage as you, like you're fucked, like everyone's going to sound like shit. It's not, it, yeah, I mean, you have Leslie Odom Jr. That's that's the probably the biggest one that he's fighting against is doing any doing any duet number with Leslie Odom Jr. And, uh, man, David Diggs is fucking awesome. Holy shit. His, I was going to uh, say, he, he fucking steals every time he's on stage. Yup. Like, is he the guy that played the, the king? No, no he, that's he John. He plays uh, Lafayette and Jefferson. Yeah, oh, okay, so, yeah, so David yeah. Diggs has a hip-hop band called Clipping. I listened to that today instead of listening to Hamilton again, and that shit is awesome. That shit is super fucking cool. Um, so in general, again, I loved the music. I loved the, I loved the performance. I'm not saying it was a bad performance. Storyline-wise, I felt very little emotion the entire time. I think that I felt like some emotion during some scenes, but by no means was it what I've felt in other musicals. Um, and I don't know what the reason is for that. I don't know if so I don't care about these characters because fuck America or I don't know what it is. Uh, but there do was you think some... maybe, do you think maybe it's because there was so much going on when you're watching the, the, the Disney release? It might be. Um, it, it also might be, I mean, yeah, I guess that's probably it that I'm, I'm paying attention to so much. The character, the bullet is in every important scene and that, character is amazing and it's so cool to watch that character do that whole sequence any of the sequences and it makes me pay more attention to this amazing like actress who is pretending to be a bullet and all this other stuff over watching you know can we say spoiler alert time spoiler alert is this it can we do it wait 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 let's wait for that let's let us Ah. all get our we gotta all get our general idea and then we will blatantly say spoilers here on okay Okay, but yeah, so in general, I really liked it. I'm going to watch it again. Um, I had a lot of, I seriously, like, laughed my ass off. I thought moments were really, really cool. It did not have the emotion that I wish it had. So I've heard about this musical, like I said earlier, and I didn't know anything about it. And then I saw, I, I like watching uh, the uh, Graham Norton's show, and I saw Lin-Manuel on Graham Norton, and he was like, 
they were like, yeah, very, very successful. You know, you guys are very successful. You're starting new, the popping up all over the place, doing a lot of tours. Can you give us an example of one of the songs? And he was kind of being bashful. He's like, no, I don't really know if I want to. And then he was like, no, come on. And then so he gets up and does it. And he performs the exact same way on stage as he did on Graham Norton. And what I will say about what rubs me the wrong way about his performance in the movie is that him being in that is like Quentin Tarantino being in his own movies. (laughs) But with less feet. But with less feet. But what I'm saying is that like... He puts himself in. He's not up. He's not up to snuff with the rest of the actors and actresses, and he's really putting it on. And he also reminds me of like a comedian that is really well versed in the history of comedy and stuff like that, trying it out for the first time, but like really going for it. So I, in in short, I can't fucking stand the way he raps. I can't stand it. Which. We talked about, when we talked about doing this episode, I was like, man, I don't want to shit on this guy. Like, I don't want to, like... <laughs> so well, what I if he to, listens like, to the podcast, I mean... Yeah. I, yeah, right. But I, but I tried to unpack, like, in my head, why does he trigger me so much when he raps the way he does? And I think it's because in high school, I had friends that, would, that were into hip-hop that would rap at me sometimes. And, like, being in a hip-hop band, I, we would have people rap at us. Yeah. And having somebody force that on you, just rapping, when you don't want to hear it, it like really messes me up because I want to be like, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. So seeing, seeing him do that on the Graham Norton show really pissed me off. And then watching the actual thing today, I was like, it makes sense in context. The, the writing is in, incredible. The way that they put the story with how the, they wrote all the songs, that was great. But I can't stand him. By the way, that Graham Norton uh, quote-unquote performance is the, if you ever have you ever want a musician to just like oh hey you're a singer sing that is what it feels like right there that little clip is the quintessential like oh you're a singer sing and she's like god damn i hate that clip too and not for the same reason but for the reason that they just impose that it's a painful watch it's a very painful watch that's the interview where he's with Emily Blunt, right? That's the interview you're talking about. And he, and, and they say, you're about to go back and do it again. And so he's like asking him if he remembers it. So it's fair that, I mean, he's kind of bashful, but I mean, I get, I yeah. get that the, I get the bothersomeness with his performance. Cause I, I totally, not totally. I basically 100% agree with that. Uh, but I mean, if you, you ask me if I remember something, I'm good. And I can just say, yes. <laughs> do you remember it? Yes. All right. Let's move the fuck on. I don't, I'm not going to play the thing for you. <laughs> I mean, you do have to remember though a lot of these like interview shows are usually loosely like scripted, so he probably knew that was For coming, sure. but he was yeah. probably against it, judging by his his reaction. I think, yeah, because yeah. he seemed like reluctant to actually do it and was trying to get out of it. And I think he really is like a genuinely nice guy. I think that like his reaction to sort of stuff like that is like because I wa- I watched also I watched that today and I watched him do carpool karaoke, um, and that I mean James Corden sucks. But uh, he's done a lot of stuff with James Corden, and that carpool karaoke is is, is pretty fun because it brings a lot of like Broadway people in. Anyway, uh, he's very like you know polite and bashful the whole time, just because I think that's just the way he is. I think he's just that kind of person. The thing about his rapping is I, I like I said it, I do think it bothers me sometimes, but I will say he's done his fucking homework and he knows he knows like everything about hip hop he studied it a ton he knows the history and so it, it it the way he raps i think comes from a place of definitely all like culmination of all the work plus it's doing 
rapping on like mixing it with theater and theater makes everything more dramatic so when you rap like i because i listened to david diggs band today and the way he raps in the band versus when he's on stage obviously versus the french accent's different um but in general it's just different he's not performing it in the same light um so it definitely puts a different spin on it and i, I thought about that too and that's you know my watching that video from graham norton like really kind of bothered me and then watching the actual thing and getting to know anything about the guy is like clearly he's a he's a great writer he knows he knows his stuff you can tell even by the way he raps that he he's he knows a lot about the history of hip-hop itself and i did like the way that they they incorporated some of the old school style of rapping into the thing and it's like just the, historically it's really cool to see old kind of get put in with old and then the whole modernizing everything with the cast and then doing there were very much songs that were of today like with the same you know triplet rhyming that could be coming from the trap stuff right so, yeah i i don't i don't hate the guy he just really annoyed me that one time yeah so <laughs> i love the musical it's definitely my favorite musical of all time so far um and that it's like it's a high bar for me. I love musicals and I go to them a ton. It's just like, and there is that. I, I agree with Dave that it is very musical theater can be very hammy. It's like listening to, if you've never been to theater, it's like listening to um, Adam Lambert sing, but everybody's doing it, that kind of thing. But he comes from a theater background. So I loved it. Uh, the first time I saw it and I remember going into it thinking like oh yeah people are so into this musical I'm so fascinated I'm so happy I'm gonna get to find out why people love this so much and then I remember coming out of the inner like going into the intermission going out to pee and just hang out in the lobby for a little bit and I was just like damn I get it like I get it this is so fucking good I was hooked and what's really different for me is as I said I've loved musicals for a really long time as long as I can remember but one of my biggest qualms with musicals and I don't really think that this is a standard they should necessarily be held to but it is for me is that a lot of musicals they're not they don't have super catchy that catchy songs is not they're immediate like that's what they're going for so i I find a lot of musicals will have that one song or they'll have a couple songs like the beginning of the act and then the reprise and that's it and but other than that it's just a medium to tell a story is through music but what i feel is super different about hamilton in general is that you i i forget like when I sat down to watch this this third time, I was like, damn, I forgot how catchy all these songs are. That song Helpless is basically a Beyonce song. And then you have Dear Theodosia, which, oh, that is such a good song. There's an amazing cover by um, Ben Folds and um, Regina Spector. And by the way, my favorite musical friendship right there is those two. Amazing. And, um, just all this stuff with Jonathan Groff being King George the Third, he is in it probably not the least, but one of for his stature the least out of everyone in the cast, and he is hands down the best part of the musical, which is just amazing. I love Jonathan Groff so much. Well, and I think his part plays into the whole. You know, the set is very simplistic, and the dancing and the singing and the choreography and the way that the text works with what they're doing it's it's at a very very high level 
And so I thought with his character too, he kind of, he doesn't move a lot, but when he does, it's very meaningful. And the inflection in his voice and the way he sings is like, I, I, that was my favorite part of the whole thing too. And was that, do you guys know, was that overdubbed at all? Or was that all live? No, that's all live. No. That that's all unbelievable. Live. Cause I did notice that they had mics coming out of their hair. And yeah, that's, yeah that's, a couple that's some of them had them on their the side, yeah. Which yeah, they'll put it wherever they can for Broadway stuff. It has to do with your your costume and everything. But they'll they'll put it they'll put it on the on the top of your head, side of your side of your mouth. They'll do a bunch of different options. I found myself getting distracted by that a little bit, trying to figure out where the mics were and everything. Yeah, yeah. totally. Did we did we hear what Adam thought about the whole thing? No, no. Jackson was gonna go last, but <laughs> then he didn't. I ain't finished, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I really liked it. I was surprised that I liked it. Um, and I kind of wonder why I didn't listen to the album beforehand, but I think I'm glad I didn't because I'd rather have seen this as the first uh, way to hear it and everything. And I listened to the album today um, after watching the musical, or watch, watching the movie the other day. And I think that's great too. I think it works. Obviously, having seen the musical, it's better. Um, I don't think his performance as Hamilton really bothered me. It kind of felt weirdly like endearing that he's he's clearly not the best person up there, right? Performance wise. But I thought that kind of worked for some weird reason to me about like he's very like very much sometimes looks very happy that he's able to do this and like super appreciative that this is like the thing he's able to do, which I think is cool. So Yeah, sometimes you could see him looking at the other characters as they were acting. And I, I find I found myself wondering, like, is he reacting to the, to this? Is this what his character does in the story, or is this him reacting to the actor? I hope you guys don't take this offensively, but it, whenever I see that kind of stuff, he very much reminds me of like a Dave Grohl esque type person who's just like, a, "Holy right. shit, I'm here up here with you know all these amazing actors and singers, and like I can't believe I have this chance to be up here and working with them." Yeah, I can see that for sure. Yeah, and so I, th- I thought that was really cool, and that's a good way to phrase it. Is it's very similar to that of like I'm just lucky to be here kind of thing, and like yeah. to be the one in charge of it and having written it and everything and seeing it performed by all these people who are all like we said insanely talented must be cool for him. And I think that comes across, and that kind of makes it fine that he's not the best, you know, performer up there. Yeah, I definitely it doesn't having seeing it with three different cast like completely different cast it didn't take it away that he is definitely not the strongest Hamilton of the three but he I don't think that makes him necessarily a poor singer he's just like it's when you know if you listen to the studio recording of um, Dear Theodosia you have you know Leslie Odom Jr. just singing just beautifully at the opening like the first minute of the track and then out of nowhere who he has this traditional like theatrical voice where it's very it's a high timbre and he he has a you know an upper register and he can project and you know he has the vibrato of a theater actor and then after that minute of just kind of like this is so beautiful then you out of nowhere you have this kind of lower I wouldn't say kind of baritone uh, comes out of nowhere so I I think it's not that he's a poor singer and not that he's a poor actor it's when you have it in comparison it's just like oh what song came right before Bohemian Rhapsody you know that's probably gonna not you know ever live up to snuff that kind of thing so 
I don't know. But as I said, I, I, I agree with it. It didn't take away from me. There, It, it was definitely nice seeing these traditional uh, Broadway-esque actors um, do Hamilton, though, the first time. So that would, I would definitely say that's my preferred method of it. But, you know, if you like Lin-Manuel, you're not going to be disappointed. And I do want to say that, as I said, I'm not a huge fan of this kind of the filmed uh, aspect of theater and stuff like that. I, even though this was done really well, I still find myself like, oh man, I just wish I was in the audience. That would, even though you know you can take uh, breaks, you can look at your phone and all that stuff. I was like, man, I just would have preferred to be there in the audience for this. This that would have been so much better because there were just all these things like when Jonathan Groff is up there doing the King George scenes, he is being very still and all that stuff but he there you could see the spit hanging from his lip and i was just like n- even if you're on the front row in broadway in the 1300 people uh capacity venue you can't see that spit on his right. lip and right. so i was like man i feel like some of these actors were just done dirty the guy who plays uh george washington i believe it's yeah it's Chris- christopher jackson he was sweating a ton and it's just i was just thinking that's just unfair he's not used to this medium i feel and i feel like that kind of i know somebody's just gonna be like well i don't want to watch sweaty people singing and it's just like but that's not what musical theater is and well, so that's for not me, what that live takes music a, is it's yeah like, don't watch a live concert then but but you but also like okay you if you're in the room you can see the sweat and the spit you might not be able to see it as well as you can when they're filming, but if but if people don't like that, then they can go fuck themselves. If people don't like seeing sweat and spit and all that stuff, then it's like, sorry, you don't get how this works. You don't get how like singing on a stage when you're dressed in all of that works. You don't understand it, and that's totally fine. But I mean, like, it's yeah, that's just part of it that you can that, that you can't always see it as clearly as you can in the movie, but you can see that stuff when you're in the when you're in the room. Um, but yeah, I. I I think that in terms of like the, the, the whole movie, I thought it was done really, really well. You, you, you guys mentioned like uh, an, an old PBS film where they had one camera kind of centered. I like almost kind of prefer that for some of this stuff because it does feel more genuine to the theater. Um, but this was, this, this wasn't a bad thing. Like the first close up they did on the Manuel's face, I was definitely like taken aback. It's like, well, this is, not natural this is like yeah. no this is not how this like this isn't how they blocked the scene this isn't how they intended this to go which jackson do you know if lin-manuel directed as well let's see i couldn't uh, i couldn't I find it the movie no you didn't. no 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 directed the performance the stage performance no he's it's the same person i think directed maybe yeah because i couldn't i couldn't find it if he directed uh the the stage the, yeah, the stage it's, performance. It's uh, Thomas Kale, I guess is how you say his name. I don't know how to say his name, but he he's worked with but, him before on In the Heights as well. Yeah. So when you're watching stuff like this, you know it it it, it is comparable in some way to live concerts, and I and I love watching live concerts on like at home. Going to see a play live like that, Jack, you were saying you almost prefer that. Sometimes if I don't know the plot line, I would rather watch it where there's multi-camera things directing your attention to where you should be looking. Because I have been at concerts before and ignore what, what maybe should be the main focal point while I'm watching something in the background, 
even if it's like a stagehand getting ready to bring out a guitar or, you know, some people who's on the side stage and things like that. I get distracted by those things. So I really enjoyed watching it, you know, being fed to me. Like this camera angle is happening right now because you should be paying attention here. Yeah, and in the scope of that, this was intended to have this wide theatrical release in 2021. The way they shot this makes sense. The type yeah. of people who were to go, who have only heard the soundtrack and have seen, you know, these leaked videos of because they somebody recorded the whole La, uh, Lin Manuel's last performance uh, on the original run, and that was, was online. This, was no. this his last? Okay. No, but. Um, people you could see that online but you know it was really shitty all that kind of stuff where you know the people who had only seen that and listened to the soundtrack this and they pay you know ten dollars to go to a theater to see this for almost three hours um that i guarantee you they would have been pissed off if it had been a single cam so i think it it definitely makes sense and it it, yeah it, for it e- makes it's different for each, and it, it for me, I, I will always prefer a live performance. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the movie. The way that the way that theater to me, because I, and I'm honest, I don't know where this came from, but in the past like three weeks, I've been getting way back into the old theater stuff I've been into. Uh, I found uh, my fiance's old book of Shakespeare plays, and I've been reading them, uh, which is very weird to do in my free time. But it's fun. Uh, but I-, I found myself watching this going like, man, I fucking love theater. And there's moments where I'm being taken out of my love of theater. And I, and I totally get it being a, ma- a massive release. I understand why it's done the way it is. But I will also say that, I mean, in movies, you know, movie theaters and in, and in regular theaters, they turn the lights off. I don't know if you guys do this when you watch movies at home, if you turn the lights off or not. I don't do that every time I watch a movie, but during this, I turned the lights off because I was like, this feel, uh, this feels more natural to me. This feels right. It made a lot of the shots so much cooler, like uh, like especially the King George stuff. I did that the exact same way, Hagen. I turned out all the lights, got as close as I could to not have yes. light, to like have the blinders, and then I also I put my phone away from me and did not get up until intermission. Did you right. did you take did you take a proper intermission, and did you do a min- the minute that they gave you? Well, I took a proper one because I was yeah. I was working on last week's episode, so oh. <laughs> I, I, oh. I, it was bouncing during the first uh, act, and then I was like, "All right, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna put it on the drive so Adam can have nice. it now." Nice, man. I fast forwarded through the. I just watched the entire thing like. It's long. Yeah, I did I, I put my it, phone away. It could really work without the intermission. Honestly, the way that they oh, shot sure. and produced yeah. this whole thing, like. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, though, because, like, they were going to put it in theaters with an intermission, which is kind of crazy, too, because that doesn't happen, so. How long is an intermission? Uh, like, 15. There was a Tarantino movie that had one, right? Yeah. yeah. The Hateful Eight. That's him being weird. Eight, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's... Wait, uh, can I... Can we, can we play a game? Can we play a game? All right, and then we'll do spoilers. Uh, okay. This game is called who did not throw away their shot. Um, are you happy Wait, with what that, is that, What does that mean? What does throw away the shot mean? <laughs> uh, well, it's a reference to the song in the musical. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a pun. Dave, it's a pun. Man, I've only watched it once. I'm not uh, going to so, shoot my glass of wine. No, you can just sip it. This, uh, I disagree. These are, these are all yeah, going to have... that would be funny, though. These are all going to have multiple answers. I only have two for you. Um, so the first one is which actor or actors played Aaron Burr? Okay, so one of these is going to be easy. 
and then you got to figure out if there's more Hold than on, in, one in the movie or in all. No, no, no. In general, in general, oh, I gotta fuck. put away. Okay. I gotta put away my Wikipedia. Oh, okay, I'm already. So, I'm already gonna be. If yeah, I'm, I'm, if I get it right, I'll be lucky. So there's there. I, I will. I will tell you. Uh, actually, I won't tell you how many answers there are just yet. If you guys have a, have trouble, I'll tell you how many answers there are. Okay. So which actor or actors played Aaron Burr in in just period? So A. Leslie Odom Jr. B. John Legend. C. Wayne Brady. D. David Diggs. So who did play him? Who did? Who did play Aaron Burr? Okay. okay say them again. Say that. Say the answers again. A. Leslie Odom Jr. B. John Legend. C. Wayne Brady. D. David Diggs. So I'm gonna say A and B. Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and say, yeah, A and B. Okay. I want to say just A because I don't know, but B sounds fake. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, you both, everyone got A correct. Uh, that was oh, good. John Legend did not play Aaron Burr. Uh, Wayne Brady did. What the fuck? Wayne Brady played Aaron Burr in Chicago. For the first time ever. Cheers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's good. Do you, do you guys want me to do my, my, my second one now, or do you want me to save it? Later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know uh, how we can really talk about spoilers. I mean... Uh, so here's spoilers. Anybody who's listening, this is spoilers. Uh, yeah, we're we're getting we'll into see spoilers of history is. now at this point. So it's it, well, yeah. but it's but it's spoilers in the sense of like. Uh, so what I was going to talk about earlier, we are in the spoilers territory. Is the bullet character is in the whole musical? There's there's points where the bullet is not just representing a bullet being shot. That character is just in the background doing other things that are like kind of implying death the entire time. Uh, Again, spoiling history, like you said, but in the duel with Hamilton's son, that was where I thought a moment I was supposed to feel emotional, and I did. I did feel emotional, but it wasn't nearly as much as I thought I was going to. I was like, "This is great. This is awesome. I feel things," and then it just wasn't as. I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't bring me as much. And also, like the actress that played um, his wife, she was really, really good, but some of her like really dramatic acting was really dramatic and in a musical like this there ha there isn't a line that's drawn of like how far the dramatic is right because yep. it's like kind of comedic and it's also this weird blend of like hip-hop and r&b but it's also a musical so how does the dramatic acting really work in this yep. um so in in general that was and then also like hamilton's death scene was really cool but i had no emotion uh, so yeah i mean like i i definitely felt emotional towards it because I was like, ah, I was so enwrapped in it the first time and every time I've seen it. So yeah, I bet stage I, would help. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that helps. And then I would say listening to the album, like the recording today, um, there is more like emotion that comes across if you've already seen it once. I, I think watching sure. it the first time, it's hard for that to come across though. Cause you're like, right. Yeah. I know that was going to happen. Like, it's not that, I don't know. You don't get that invested in it. I guess watching it for the first time, I think. 
So. Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about making a line for spoilers. The fucking musical starts with Aaron Burr being like, "And I'm the guy that shot him." Like, oh, yeah. sick, we know Dude. everything. <laughs> when when yeah. they got to the scene where he was like, "I challenge you to a duel," I was like, "I know what happens now." Because <laughs> yeah. like I've watched a couple of movies where they 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 show that scene and then like they show a, a scene from the end of the movie and then they go into the beginning of the story and uh, so I've I've gotten got by that a couple of times. So yeah. watching this, I was like, "I'm gonna remember that." I remember that. <laughs> I don't know that little bit of that little tidbit of history that I knew that Aaron Burr and him got into a, a duel and then uh, Alexander Hamilton ends up dying. That kind of played really well for me, knowing that ahead of time because you see why Aaron Burr they were living their lives parallel, like in so many senses, and Aaron Burr was i don't know if this was uh the case in real life but i I believe it was he was this man who you know comes from a very similar descent as hamilton and he is taking the approach to life of you gotta exercise restraint and good things will come if you just work hard at it and hamilton was the very outspoken bombastic like no you got to speak your mind and you got to go for it a hundred percent you got to go for it 200 percent and Aaron Burr you see that through the whole play just kind of Aaron Burr doing the same things as Hamilton just not being as loud about it and Hamilton always winning and he gets really frustrated by it and I think that works so well I mean so that's how I felt in those dual scenes. And the dual scenes were just like all, there's three of them and they're so cool. They're so like, cool. Like just the explaining the, like the 10 commandments of a duel, that kind of thing. I was just like, damn, I know what's going to happen at the end of this. And it's so cool that they've set it up. And like, there's just this kind of sense of foreboding. But that first time I'm just like, Oh my God, this is like an exciting action scene in yeah. a fucking Broadway musical. And then, you know, you have the song, like, Dear Theodosia, where, if you don't know this, Lin-Manuel is married and has two kids. So, to me, that song, even though it is through the eyes of these historical characters and talking about how Burr and Hamilton both have newborn children and how they're feeling about that, I was like, man, you could take this away and just talk to Lin-Manuel, and I guarantee you he would say, yeah, that's exactly how I felt whenever my child was born and how proud he was and all that stuff. And I just think that's so beautiful. It's such a good song. I, I mean, like, it's almost my favorite song if Jonathan Groff wasn't in this. Well, and knowing where the story, being able to project loosely where the story is going to go, seeing that scene where they do that song together, the way that they had the, the lighting and they filmed that, like, pretty straight on and... It almost looked like there was a barrier between them, but it was really just the spotlights were only shining yeah. on them. That oh, was, yeah. to me, that was the most poignant part of the movie for me. The movie of the play. <laughs> yeah. But watching that. But the, other, the other thing that was cool was, you know, they were very catchy songs, but the way that he wrote them and spliced them into the story and how they were able to keep coming back and the message of the song would apply to that scene, I I get distracted by that sometimes because I'm like man what was the what are the behind the scenes of this how what was the writing process like I hope like I wish I wish people like he uh, Lin-Manuel would would write a book about writing that man he needs to do like a master class I would pay to do that yeah yeah just uh just to also like make something very clear about Aaron Burr uh so I think that he is like probably I mean he's like right behind 
Javert when it comes to musical characters and like they're like mirrors and they're enemies, right? Jean Valjean, uh, Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr, and Javert—they're very—they're very close to each other. He did a great job of writing that. But let's make something also very clear that Leslie Odom Jr. did win a Tony for Best Actor, and he beat Lin Manuel for Best Actor that same year in the Tonys for Aaron Burr. I mean. Fucking Leslie Odom Jr. is so good. Unbelievable. The craziest thing is, I was thinking about this last night when I was watching it. And I need to, I need to find the name, but it's not coming to you right now. Did you guys see Jesus Christ Superstar when they did it on Fox? Okay. So uh, with uh, John Legend? Yes. John Legend plays Jesus. Uh, Sarah Bareilles is in it. So, the guy that plays Judas is the guy that replaced Leslie Odom Jr. on Broadway for Aaron Burr. Now, that guy made John Legend look like a fucking fool. He made John Legend look like right. shit on stage. Because John Legend isn't a Broadway singer. That's probably the easiest, ex- easiest reason I can give. But that guy is so fucking good. I wonder if it's the guy that you saw, Jackson. Because this guy is fucking amazing. And, like, Leslie Odom Jr. was like, this is the guy that's going to replace me. He's better than me. He chose him as his replacement, which is insane, which is awesome. So that character as of, of Aaron Burr has just continually had these amazing fucking performers just knock it out of the park. After the podcast, I'll pop this out and we can find out if it's that guy. Do we know the the how long the original cast did the did the one year like original run one year, and was it like five nights a week? You do you do uh, eight performances? Well, yeah. yeah, I was gonna eight say eight performances a week, multiple yeah, times a, week. a day. So whenever yeah. I saw oh, it, yeah. Oh, well, I guess I guess they did multiple times a day because they because generally it's once a day plus you do uh, two on Sunday. And how much are tickets, Jackson? How much are tickets? Uh, <laughs> Dude, I mean, just let me it, know. I want to do some one, like, rough one, math. Was it one or two Teslas? It was less than a Tesla. <laughs> it was at face value five hundred and fifty dollars. And that was that. What you saw them in two thousand nineteen? You said no, two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. So that's two years after. Yeah, uh, it opened. So they, I'm sure they didn't start with that price. I, I don't know. Uh, that Broadway is traditionally expensive, and this yeah, was a okay. small it's theater. Not cheap. Yeah, and, uh, it, it's yeah. and you said roughly thirteen hundred people. Yeah, well that that's it. That's the size of the Richard Rogers. That's the size. So that's six hundred fifty thousand dollars ticket sales, a performance. So and they're they play it most. So I think it's on the weekends they do two performances and then yeah. But they also they have understudies. Uh, there were there's little uh, tidbits that Lin Manuel will say that you know he was part of the most popular musical at the time and he just had to keep doing it because he had all these super famous uh, people coming to it. And he said he remembered, you know how like when you get sick, uh, if you're rich enough, you can uh, be put on an IV, that kind of stuff to just get fluids to help you get better sooner. Yeah. So he, uh, he tells this story about how he was sick and he was in his apartment in New York city, just on an IV. And then somebody said, Oh Yeah. Beyonce and Jay-Z are coming tonight and he said he literally just pulled the IV out and said alright I'm on my way because <laughs> oh he's like yeah. I can't miss I, that night yeah I don't blame him right but I imagine there were a bunch of nights like that especially towards the end of that run like so just, just every doing, performance could be just doing rough math at the, the, the ticket price plus 8 shows a week that's right around 5 million a week 
Yeah. Uh, they, uh, the, as of April 2018, the show had grossed $340 million, more than Mary Poppins, Hair, Hairspray, Rent, and Kinky Boots. Uh, just also to, also for the IV thing, that's what they do if you're a lead in any Broadway show. doesn't matter if you're rich. They just put you on. They're like, nope, we don't want to use the understudy. The understudy is not – like, that's not what we're here to do. The understudy this is more for his resume, not for our show. We're, we don't want him on our show. We want this person, so yeah. we're going to put you on an IV. Now, he is rich enough to just put himself on an IV when he's sick. Yeah, so while we're in the territory of talking about numbers, I had two fun facts, and now's a good time to say it. And I'm sure you guys have seen this, but the Hamilton movie came out on Disney Plus and that they saw a 74% jump in the average downloads over the four weekends of June when this came out. So if that means nothing to you, what is 74%? Globally, that is 750,000 downloads just for this movie. So that that's pretty Hell massive. Yeah. Uh, almost 500 of those in the U.S., the rest, you know, globally. Disney took away the free trial for when this came out, so you have yep. to pay the full, like, five... Well, it's not a lot. It's like $5 a month or whatever to watch it on Disney Plus now, so... Yeah, because yeah, they they're paid... They're trying seven. really... Yeah, they're trying really hard to get their $75 million back. Yeah, $75 million, yeah, insane. So that's what I was going to say. This is one of the largest, um, one of the most exp- expensive film rights acquisitions from Disney. There were other people like Netflix, and I think Amazon even tried for it, but uh, Disney ended up winning it and paid or, sorry, $75 million. And then also, here's my favorite fun fact. This is the first movie with the disney logo on it that has the f word in it and in the broadway play they say it four times but they only said it twice in this because they didn't want to get an r rating one of those is bleeped so they only say it once they say fuck in this only once and i think that i didn't notice the k yeah i think i I think i know the one you're talking about but he went and then got cut off so there's two. It's I, like that in the no, recording too, I think, right? There's yeah. two other ones. One. Yeah, there's two other ones. Yeah. Yeah, Southern motherfucking Democrats is the big one that seemed obvious. Yeah. In hindsight, like, yeah, I didn't really pick that one up because I, I was I, when 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 they said things like shit and and uh, bastard and things, I was like, ooh, cuss words. Yeah. yeah I was Disney thinking that film. it's Disney, but I didn't yeah. I didn't even notice the outright f word. Yeah. It, so that it's the first Disney movie to have the F word in it. And the sec- by the way, that second one that gets bleeped out is during the um, the John Adams administration song where uh, he says fuck and it gets actually bleeped out in the play. Like in the live performance, it's bleeped. And then like it's so cool because then like you get into this like really aggressive rapping style where it's like all black and uh, red lights it's so cool i mean like i just oh, remember that's like that when he the, drops the book yeah that's in the we, latter part i think it's in the last third of the play and i remember when that happened to me in new york i was kind of getting to that like i i've walked like 15 miles today and i was just kind of sinking into like i'm tired and then that happened and my adrenaline spiked i was like fuck yeah this is great <laughs> we should uh we should also talk about how cool the um like the echoes and the delay was having the cast do all the yeah. delay effects because yeah. it sounds yeah. it sounds like pre-recorded and it's so cool uh some some more numbers just for fun is uh Miranda made 6.4 million in 2016 alone um and he makes roughly $105,000 every week in royalties from Hamilton 
good yeah, for him. Three percent for like, or that'll pay his yeah. rent like what a year in New York City. He's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But good, no, he, he deserves it, man. Three percent of everything Hamilton ever apparently is part of yeah. his deal, which is Cause, like, crazy because that's yeah. that's a ton of money. Well, what's three percent of seventy-five million? Jackson, you work at the calculator store. <laughs> <laughs> I do know, I do know with the uh, the Disney deal, that's like at the time was a very expensive. I mean, at the time it was in February this year, was a very expensive like streaming rights for a movie, but that's already been beat, which is also crazy. But this is definitely like the highest price for a uh, musical for streaming yeah, rights, stage production. Um, yeah. yeah, you guys ready for your next question? Yeah, this is the last one. Yeah, Let's this is it. our last question. Okay, who did not throw away their shot? Which actor or actors played King George? Okay. So I have five options for this one. Okay. A, Neil Patrick Harris. B, Jonathan Groff. C, Zac Efron. D, Andrew Rannells. E, Taron Killam. Oh, it's who did not did, did no, not who, who, which actors or which actor or actors played king george oh. the, sorry the question is phrased because they it's who did not throw away their shot yeah okay who threw their who threw their shot <laughs> <laughs> but you got to phrase it like they did in the in the musical all right anyway right, um, yeah. <laughs> okay so again which actor or actors played king george this is ever right a neil patrick harris B, Jonathan Groff, C, Zach Efron, D, Andrew Rannells, E, Taron Killam. I'm going to say A, B, and fuck it, let's say C. Okay. Uh, I'll say A and C. Okay. What the fuck, Dave? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. You're making I don't me know. Sorry, 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 the, sorry, the, sorry, the, sorry, the sorry. Right I don't think, was, was Neil Patrick Harris C? No, he he's B? A. He's A. A. I can't believe you didn't say the one that I've only been no, talking about yeah, this B. whole time. Yeah. There you go. Okay, B. Yeah, okay, and there you B go. B and C. Yeah, you read, sure. you, okay. Yeah, read them again. Read them again. Read them again. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, okay. Jonathan Groff, okay. Zach Efron, Andrew okay. Rannells, Taron Killam. Okay. It's going to be all of them. Adam, go for broke. Say all of D- them. Dave, are you done? Are you good with your choices? Fuck, I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think Neil Patrick Harris did it. So, B, C, and D. You're saying you're B, C, D? Yeah. But there is an E. Do you want to include E? Oh, yeah. Okay. E. <laughs> Fuck it. Okay. Because I don't recognize, I don't recognize uh, C and E, so I'm going to say that, yeah, probably. You don't know who Zac Efron or Taron Killam are? All right. I don't know who Taron Killam is. But... He's in Saturday Night Live. Man, I'm just not picking up on the question, so fuck it. What are you saying, Adam? B and D. B and D? Neil Patrick Harris maybe, but I don't. I don't like him. I'm that. changing my uh, answer to all. Okay, uh, so uh, it is B. Jonathan Groff, obviously. Uh, D. Andrew Rannells, which I like shit myself about because that's perfect. Andrew Rannells. Uh, he he was in Book of Mormon. That was where he got his big break. But he has been in a bunch of other movies and television since then. Um, and then the other one is Taron Killam, which I also was very surprised by. Is I don't think he can do that singing wise, but acting wise, I bet he would be very funny in that. Uh, so yeah, very interesting. I think everybody gets minus two points. <laughs> I can't even remember what I guessed, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I was looking up who the actor was from Robin Hood Men in Tights, 
and it's uh, Carrie Ells mm-hmm. or Elwes. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I think he would nail that role. Yeah, totally. So I totally. wasn't paying attention. All right, to, to wrap it up, I think we all enjoyed Hamilton. It's definitely worth a watch. It is. I'm gonna watch it again. I'm really glad that it was released in this way because uh, Lin Manuel was inspired to do it. With how much uh, the performing arts are suffering right now, he felt you know this is a good way for people who, you know, it's a good way for people to see some performing arts in a different way yeah. while we're in this period where that is not a good idea. Is he donating any of the proceeds? I'm sure he will, but I don't yeah. know. He's a he's a huge uh, philanthropist. Good, because otherwise I'd be like, man, it's just a good way for him to make money. Like, what? Part, he was part gonna of the make whole, money either way. Yeah, he's gonna yeah, make his is. money, so that's fine. But he also deserves it. But he's mm-hmm. also been yeah. really adamant about like letting as many people see this as they can, which to me is cool. Because I mean, I don't I don't know if that's normally the case, but I feel like Broadway is very exclusive in that it's an expensive thing to go see especially early on like this is still really early in hamilton existing as a musical despite all these tours and everything and it's made just so much fucking money and it's like i mean i i said earlier i don't think it's the biggest musical ever but i i do think that it's going to become the biggest musical ever i do think that it will surpass whatever holds that place i mean phantom and les mis are the first thing that comes to mind um i think it's cats uh I, i think cats is Oh, like, oh, it is actually the biggest musical of all time. Like, it's made the most money. I know Cats is responsible for what we call now, like, the blockbuster musical, which are the Phantom of the Operas and the Lemis, these big set productions and touring productions. Interesting. Very, very well, interesting. One thing that I don't have any idea, but this, this seems true to me, it, usually you wouldn't release a movie, like, version of this so early, right? Yeah. Well, and he said... Lit- he said oh. he didn't want to. He didn't want to do a theatrical, like an actual... Well, but they were going to do a theatrical release of it anyway next year, and that's still yes. only like six years after it premiered. So that's, that seems I bet fast. it's Lion King or Cats. Yes. Okay, so so currently Lion King, Lion King holds uh, worldwide and Broadway as the highest grossing, uh, highest revenue. Um, Phantom of the Opera and Wicked are right up there. I forgot about Wicked. Wicked was like a fucking hit. Still is. Uh, Cats is right there, and then Mamma Mia, and on, and on Broadway, The Book of Mormon and Chicago are still higher grossing than Hamilton. Yeah, I was going to say high, Chicago. More revenue. Yeah. But I've, I've never heard, this is the first time I've ever heard people talk about, like, people in my circle talk about, like, yeah, I've, you know, I, I can't, I couldn't get tickets to, to Hamilton. And they were saying, like, how... That, that um, happened for, that happened for Book of Mormon, too. Yeah. But the thing is, is, like, how, is, it, that's obviously just notoriety right and people having good like those those productions having good reviews because you know not being able to get tickets to a 600 500 show is like that you that you've never seen before is that's a crazy reputation that precedes a a performance yeah well i I would say that whenever i go to see these um same plays in dallas they're nowhere near that expensive they're still holding a lot of the American population at arm's length. I mean, you'll have the cheapest ticket you can get will be about 50 to $70, but you can get upwards to the hundreds to the $200, which is still not cheap. But when you're talking about a $500 ticket, comparable in the U.S. would probably be, you know, maybe 100 to 200 Still yeah. a lot of money. 
Hamilton's not even on the worldwide revenue yet because it hasn't had a chance to do that because it has spent so long on Broadway and the tours it's done have been pretty minimal. Um, well, so I think the they've only done like four tours, right? Or three yeah. or four? They're on their third one, I think, yeah. 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 But so, so I mean, like the total number of seats sold, even on Broadway only, is like way below everything else. Yeah. Despite being like one of the highest grossing because it has had that weird popularity hit early and on. And they're their run was i mean it's insanely long like people don't yeah. stay on broadway that i mean that's like so like i i'm a massive fan of many musicals one being sarah Bareilles' waitress and waitress did well but it wasn't uh, nearly as like as well as this but it stayed on broadway for years it stayed on broadway for i think like fuck like six years that doesn't really happen um but hamilton it, it could it could probably stay there as long as it wanted to there could probably like yeah there, yeah, there could be there, a mainstay yeah which doesn't really happen. That doesn't really exist. Yeah. And it doesn't happen anymore either, I would imagine. Well, yeah, and, and, and like musicals aren't as popular as they were back then. So back then you would have more of them popping up so that you'd have to circulate things through. Like as movie theaters get less popular, there will be movies that are constantly in theaters. Yeah. I mean, you do have to look you do have to look at the number of performances, which is pretty insane. These stats are wild. So Phantom of the Opera is number 3 for Broadway revenue. It ha- it's had over 13,000 performances. Uh and Hamilton has had almost 2,000 performances. I mean, those numbers alone are just like I mean, right. Phantom of the Opera can go suck a dick anyway, but But yeah. is uh, that is that because it's just the newest one that's gotten the most attention i I mean realistically speak i mean phantom of the opera has been around since 88 and it's had thirteen thousand. chicago has been around since 75 and number of performances on broadway is less than a thousand of chicago on broadway is less than a thousand performances um so i mean like and, and even still like the number like phantom is just a special case i mean you look at like any like les mis was debuted in 87 and uh, it had 6,000, uh, almost 7,000 performances. Uh, so it premiered one year before Phantom and has way less number of performances. So there's just something about Phantom. I don't, I don't know. Fuck that musical. Which, so by the way, everyone, I think we can all, the general consensus is this is worth your time. It's a, you know, a great way Absolutely. to be able to see something live for now. And by the way, whenever I was in New York City, I found this website. So, you know. Uh, obviously I didn't live by it um, but there is a good if you saw this musical and you're like ah I'd love to go to a musical but they're so damn expensive there is a website called Broadway for Broke People and it is great for this it shows you it shows you how to get on to so here's the digital lottery for Hamilton uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's $10 so if you get the ticket you only have to pay $10 so there are things like that and there's all these like Oh, here's a Book of Mormon ticket for twenty-seven dollars. It, it it they try to make it that this website really tries to help you, um, you know, be get to a Broadway scale musical in an affordable way. It's called Broadway for Broke People. So just FYI, don't let the prices completely take you away. There are ways to get around it if you're truly wanting to see a a musical but can't afford that high ticket price. Which yeah, the, totally there are ways. Out. There are ways to go see it, but you still have to be able to go to New York, for example. And for a lot of people, right. that's that's a of big course. enough barrier as it is. So, yes. I, I mean, I, I think it's really cool that I don't know if there's other musicals of this kind of like stature on streaming anywhere. I don't think so. Um, but to me, that seems like a big deal of like Disney having that is so many people are going to watch this and it's going to be their first exposure to a musical of any kind. 
I and agree. like for how great it is too is just crazy because like they're gonna think this is the standard for like this is how musicals are and it's like maybe that's not the case especially for the live recordings of it i right. imagine most of them don't compare to how they shot and produced this right but I'm, I'm i'm hoping that it sparks an interest in local theater and that people go to their local theaters more often to check out the productions that they have going on yeah go see your local production of american idiot <laughs> Starring Jackson. <laughs> hey, uh, mom, if you want to watch this, just text me. I'll give you my Disney Plus info. Aww. <laughs> and everybody else, it's only five dollars. So just fucking pay for a month of Disney Plus, and you can go watch it. Or message us for Hagen's Disney Plus account. Hell yeah. Or message Adam and we'll, uh, message us well, and we'll get Adam not, to donate five dollars. <laughs> I mean that's probably fair because it's only five dollars. I mean I have a Disney Plus account, uh, account, Dave. If that's what you're saying. Uh, well, you know, we'll wrap it up with this little bit of what I'm going to call a future news. Um, you know, Apple Plus, Apple TV, not Apple Plus, Apple TV. <laughs> Disney is in your brain. Tech, no, he's he's actually not wrong. It's Apple TV Plus, so it's both. It's oh. <laughs> a nice confusing name. Apple TV Plus buys the exclusive rights for $80 million for American Idiot, the Broadway oh. musical. Ah. That's a future episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye. The end. I don't, I don't want to do that episode. <laughs>